0: Hello folks, welcome to another episode of Catch Up, the podcast about contemporary hip-hop that discusses where hip-hop has been, where it's going, and where it is. I'm Jordan Suwami.
1: And I'm James Rathbone.
0: And this week we're talking about two Toronto rap releases from two very influential acts in the history of contemporary Toronto rap. So, Jazz Cartier and the Prime Boys. We're going to get into their backstories and what they mean to the culture in the city, and what these new albums sound like. Mm -hmm. So, let's get into it, James. Let's do it. I wanna paint a picture for you guys. It's uh, 2013, 2014. Drake has been a popping rapper for about five years. And there's a huge discussion in the city about when we're gonna start to have our first non-OVO affiliated superstars or stars Mm -hmm. even in the city. And at the time, it was a pretty desolate landscape as far as local music. There was stuff popping off, but it it felt very contained. It felt very disconnected from the rest of the global music community. Mm -hmm. And then in June of 2014, a song drops by a rapper named Jimmy Johnson called Northside. Mm -hmm. And Jimmy Johnson is from the Esplanade area in Toronto. And the song is produced by a producer from Austin, Texas named Eric Dingus. And it's really like it's like lightning in a bottle. It's a really special song. It's like it's got a lot of the the cultural signifiers that people associated with American rap, but it also has a kind of glossy glossy a glossy street sheen to it mm-hmm. that a lot of other rap in the city had not had at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that's kind of like Jimmy's first jump off point. I mean, there was also the song "Sun Goes Down," yeah, but. I remember seeing that song and being like, this guy has it. Yes. Like whatever it is, like all the intangibles, he's got his own style. He's got his own flow. Yeah. He's got a really catchy like sing song way about him. Um, and a little bit after that, Jimmy is credited with, with coining the term The Six, uh, which rumor has it Drake later purchased from him, <laughs> 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 purchased the naming rights. Um, they didn't even find
1: that funny when that rumor came out. And now in retrospect, it is actually one of the funniest things I've ever heard.
0: Yeah. I mean, that does not seem like a rumor to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's right? pretty clearly, plainly obvious. That. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I said that he was like a not OVO affiliated, but at the time Jimmy was doing some work with Oliver Drake's manager mm-hmm. and some, some stuff behind the scenes. Like, I, I don't know if it was like, I mean, there was rumors that he was going to sign OVO that never seemed to happen, mm-hmm. but that was that was the introduction to Jimmy Jimmy Johnson, who later changed his name to Jimmy Prime. And I mean, through that time, he released some projects, uh, and none of them really captured the magic of Northside mm-hmm. and Sun Goes or, Down. Sun Goes Down. He he kind of delved into an auto tune heavy sound that I think like really he kind of overdid the auto tune on a few projects, mm. and he just never seemed to. to to, to blow up in the way that we expected him to. Mm-hmm.
1: Eric Dingus is sort of like a clams casino esque, uh, producer. And it kind of, um, reminded me of, uh, like some of the earlier clams ASAP Rocky songs and stuff like that. It was sort of kind of similar to that. And it was, uh, just like, it was really exciting cause it felt like, I don't know, there was this moment after, um, after the weekend release, like his, I think first like proper uh, non like trilogy record, which was *Kissland*, where it felt like his his career was uncertain. Obviously, it picked back up uh, with *Abandon*, but uh, it wasn't sure that Drake wasn't just like a one off, and that like Toronto rap uh, and just like. Musically, they would, it was just like he was just essentially jumping ship to the Drake was just jumping ship to the states, and there wasn't really going to be that much else here. You know, P and D hadn't really uh, like fully become who he was. The OVO roster hadn't filled out in the way it has now, let alone all of the other rappers who have subsequently come about in Toronto in the last few years to various degrees of success. It mm-hmm. was it was like a it was a time when it was still like. I actually kind of think it's kind of it's sort of interesting because I remember like during this time period it's also sort of the time period where Drake changed from old Drake to new Drake like mm-hmm. from like soft Drake to trap Drake mm-hmm. and uh it, you know there was just even a feeling in the city like 2000 the uh, late 2013 2014 especially to me like was the year that I almost like got more into rap in Toronto, and felt like there was something really happening here.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that that is the year that things really Changed. started to take hold. Yeah, um, It's when Boozy Fates started. It is when Boozy Fate started, not coincidentally. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, do you remember the Stay Woke days? Yeah, I sure do. We, we used to DJ a party, yeah. or we uh, like that party that I was involved in promoting in, and James was DJing, called Stay Woke. And it was really at the time that summer Mm -hmm. was like the epicenter of the Toronto rap community. A lot of stuff was going on. Mm -hmm. um, And like all these like local rappers are popping off, some of which we'll get into later. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I really felt like it was the birth of something. Yeah. And recently, I mean, we'll include this in the show notes. uh, uh, There's this photo book that I kind of came back across that came out then called uh, Undisposable and if you look through it it's really like it's really like a history of toronto rap mm-hmm. if you look at like, like modern rap modern of modern toronto rap if you look if you look through it you'll see photos of people that are now like significant in the music game mm-hmm. who are just like starting out basically then and they look like babies yeah. because they were yeah um, so anyway jimmy jimmy prime has a songwriting credit on if you're reading this is too late mm-hmm. um believe it's now and forever is a song so he was like he's he's been he's had his moments he had he released Block Boy in 2015 like a EP mixtape and yes like as we were saying just never really captured that magic yeah at some point he started to I mean Jimmy Jimmy when he changed his name to Jimmy Prime he's a part of a he's part of a crew mm-hmm. called the Prime Boys yeah uh, Tight Knit Crew managed by Jermaine Prime. Uh, if you listened to our episode a few weeks ago, you know that one of their brand managers, Cobra uh, Prime, who was a brand manager in the Prime Boys, who's one of the people that was killed in the Smoke Dog shooting. So at, at, at some point uh,
1: he transitioned into from being sort of more of a solo artist to being uh, the a part of the Prime Boys with two guys who had been. Sort of in the background of his videos, uh, and then kind of featured on some of his songs. Uh, Donnie and Jay Wiss, who who formed the Prime Boys with him, and it was sort of it was interesting because it was this sort of almost a throwback because rap groups are rap collectives and like rap like entourages still around, but rap groups where there's like a bunch of guys rapping almost kind of disappeared for a bit. Mm-hmm. You know, like instead of having like a, a Wu Tang Clan or Outcast or a Mob Deep. Or something like that. You have like a, an ASAP where everybody's kind of doing their own thing. Once again, while, they get together and kind of put out a, a compilation, but not like a, gr- a proper rap group. There are there aren't that many of those anymore. Mm, it's true. Um, so that, that at some point they got together and tr- you know kind of joined forces to be this this modern rap group.
0: Mm-hmm. So that. Pretty much brings us up to the present on the Prime Boys. Let's talk about this record, Mm -hmm. which is called Cobra World. It was Mm -hmm. initially going to be titled Prime Forever, but in tribute to Cobra Prime, Mm -hmm. uh, they called it Cobra World. What do you think of this record, James?
1: I like it a lot. Um, You know, it's not again. It's not like the sort of like the deepest record I've ever heard. Uh, It doesn't have like a a, something that I would say is like super a super conceptual bent. It doesn't have a a lot of like really personal idiosyncratic touches to it um that said it uh, has a pretty distinct aesthetic um and is you know runs with it it it's the kind of record that if it was playing in like nomad or another like toronto boutique let alone if i was in like a store in uh somewhere else in the world sneaker shopping and this was playing i would be like pretty pumped about it um it's not something that i think of as being like again music that i would go to for any emotional state or like let alone like sort of deeper more contemplative emotional states but it is like hype and it is fun and you know they have a lot of good ways about of talking about the pursuit of money and uh the pursuit of getting turned up and uh you know kind of like people being shady and themes of that nature. What do you think of it?
0: Um I really really enjoy this album. Yeah. I think it's I think it's really good. Yeah. Um I think that it, it first of all it has like some of Jimmy has some of his best flows in a really long time mm-hmm. on this like on on Come With It. He has like this like for me it's like he gets in the pocket that I'm like this is what this is what the Jimmy Prime that I that I was hoping was going to be a superstar. This is what I was looking for from him. Mm-hmm. So he has he has a lot of that, but yeah, I really I really like the song Touchdown, which is kind of like a like a, a more like a, for them a more sensitive track. I think it's also interesting to talk about like what the group is formulated as. It's like so, you have Jimmy, who's kind of like a rapper crooner. Mm-hmm. You have Jay Wiss, which is who's more of like almost like a throwback, like boom bap e type he's r- rapper. He's kind of the
1: best traditional rapper. He's absolutely
0: the best traditional rapper. Like he's got bars. Yeah, like,
1: I could have, I could see him if he uh, sort of networked the right way, having like an interesting breakout into audience that you wouldn't t- typically think of as having. Like I feel like New York, if he could get with some like New York rappers, uh-huh. like traditional New York rappers, not the Six Nines, uh, they would. He could have like an interesting career that way.
0: Yeah, like two years ago, he had this solo track called uh, "Watch This," mm. which is just really, really, really good rap. Like, mm-hmm. f- it's flashy, but it, it has it has the bars in a tr- in the traditional sense, mm-hmm. but it, like, in a really like new school spin. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking that that was like a really. I just it's just interesting seeing that that prime the prime boys have like these kind of like these different subsects like t- like. Unlock. Yeah, and Donnie is is like a really good. He's like a singer. He's
1: kind of the wild card of him.
0: He is a wild card, and he he can do he can do really he'll, he'll do a really hyped hyped up flows. He mm-hmm. can do um, he can do like really melodic. He's but he's always like very animated. Yeah, so he's really I really enjoy listening to him too. Yeah, um, and also you know on the song Tinted, which is a there's a lot of Murder Beats production on this album, mm-hmm. and Tinted, which is a Murder Beats production. Uh, has some of the some of the some of my favorite lines on it. Um, Jimmy has a line where he's like the the digital talking. He has a really astute line about streaming metrics. <laughs> he's like the the digital money then uh, then ran up. He's like that's cryptocurrency on a murder beat, <laughs> and I'm like, God damn, that is clever. Yeah. <laughs> and also on the song Donny's has a line where he's like, Prime boys like the Isleys. <laughs> I'm so with it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. like, and I think that they they have a lot of like really like sneakily clever lines like that too, so yeah. I know. Personally, I thought this album was for them, mm-hmm. whereas I feel like if you're we thinking about the jazz album, it, it felt like it had a lot of the traditional, like, strong songwriting from jazz, like, really good conceptual stuff, but it didn't feel like a step forward mm-hmm. necessarily. It felt, felt like a lateral step. Yeah. Well, this absolutely feels like a step forward no, for the for Prime sure. Boys. You know, it's it's it's, it's 12 polished. songs. It's polished. Yeah. It sounds like that label money. They're signed to E1. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like that label money went to good use. Yeah it's it seems very well structured <laughs> yeah. just in terms of like song concepts or as before like they they would have projects that you did that kind of like one song would maybe bleed into the other and you really really wasn't much to, to distinguish them mm-hmm. here there's a, there's, a, there's like distinct differences in a lot of the songs and yeah. even in tone and concept and yeah it's they're not reinventing the wheel in terms of subject matter yeah. but they're they're doing the subject matter really well yeah. and at an elevated an elevated way that feels different from their other projects. So yeah. it actually feels like they put album work into the album.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I agree. And I, I, it is it is just uh, so much more polished than anything they'd they done collectively or, or post-Eric Dingus. Um, and, I, you know, I think I'm interested to see what the, the reception of this record is because I really hope that it kind of lets them tour, you know, Helps them take their let their career take like another step forward and see the kind of success that we were maybe hoping for uh, originally with Jimmy just solo Jimmy Johnson and now as the Prime Boys that they can you know bring what they do which I think a lot of people want a lot of people who are are you know a lot of the way rap is going and especially I think you would have picked up on this if you've been listening to us all along is this sort of like. Emoey softer melodic style of rap music, and I feel like um, the Prime Boys. What the Prime Boys do is like give you the th- the thing that sounds contemporary still and like still fresh and relevant, but it isn't kind of going all the way there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It isn't going to Juice World and uh, Little Uz- Nokia, Little Ozzy Vert, and stuff like that. Mm. It is. It's a little bit. It's like a a, a sweet spot for people who are like raised on like D block and, but, and you know, won't at the same time want to listen to new rap music in 2018, but you know, can't really vibe with the, the emo sound, mm-hmm. so.
0: I'll tell you a story about 2014. That year I was working at Vice and it was North Miami Northeast and I went there. And if you remember the writer, Ernest Baker, like he was in town. And staying with me, and my <laughs> old roommate, and we went to, we went downtown to uh, North Northeast Talks portion. And Oliver Drake's manager was being interviewed by Gavin Shepard, who runs the Remix Project, which is a hip like a kind of cultural incubator in the city for people in the arts. And while we were there, uh, after after the event, there's a lot of people networking. I remember the uh, Toronto rapper Devante was there, and there's another guy there named Jazz Cartier. Remember, he was walking around. He was introducing himself to people. He like was hanging out sort of with Ernest. He introduced himself to me, and he. Was, I just started thinking he's a really nice guy. Like he's just like a really like friendly dude. And then a little, while you know, th- throughout that summer, I'd see him around and we'd always talk. And I just thought he was a really, really like nice dude. And then I remember at some point, I found out that he rapped. And I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> this is really unfortunate. I hate that I'm gonna have to pretend to like this person's music," because at that time that that's that had been my experience yeah. of like when you meet someone and they're like, "Oh, I also I rap," and you're like, yeah. "Oh no." <laughs> you know? And I still remember when the first jazz the first vi- jazz cardi video I ever saw came out, um, and it was Switch
1: Switch and da- the the downtown um, what. Is Downtown, it was in Kensington, yeah. But this is Downtown Cliché, Downtown cliche. cliche. yeah.
0: So, when the Switch video dropped, I remember watching it with my girlfriend at the time, and we were just like freaking out, yeah. We're like, it is so good, yeah. It's the video, like the aesthetic. And at the time, Jazz was the front man, the leader of a group called Get Home Safe, Mm -hmm. which also included two other rappers. Drew Howard, Derek Wise, who are rappers in on the XO label in the group 88 Clam. Mm-hmm. And they just had a crew that had, I think it was a total of six people. Mm-hmm. They looked great together, they yeah. were very stylish. They like had Tona. a very. Dis-
1: and um, a couple other people in the video. Yes,
0: DJ Tona, a DJ named Tona, a DJ producer, and like some other people that like. There's a manager. Mm. It was just. It was really like. It was just like a, an interesting group.
1: It was like my my friend Kyle um, directed it that video, and uh, my friend Kelly shot it, and it just like they're both like very talented people. Like Kyle just directed, just rather edited the new Drake nonstop video, and. Kelly sh- like is now shooting videos for like the weekend and stuff like that, and they're both uh, yeah just really talented people. And they gave like the video, especially for like a first like debut video, but w- by someone who wasn't like an industry plant, didn't have like a backing of like a major uh, company like OVO say behind them, a real like bu- like great polish uh, and just like a real like particular aesthetic that we hadn't really seen.
0: Yeah, and I think that the way that it's shot, it also it also really. There's just a certain. I mean, the thing about jazz is that he's like magnetic personality. Mm-hmm. He has charisma for days, yeah. and the video really yeah. shows his charisma and really shows. It really painted him as like a budding superstar. Mm-hmm. Was the takeaway?
1: Yeah, I mean, and, and uh, yeah, get home safe. Broke up pretty
0: quickly. The group imploded quickly. Yeah, uh, just internal disagreements. I think before jazz's project even came out they mm-hmm. marauding in, marauding in paradise which is his first project i think was released in 2015 it was yes yeah, spring 2015 um, as soon as like by the time that project came out they were already like had long had beef mm-hmm. and marauding in paradise came out and it is i mean i was talking about this recently in the boosie fade group which if you're somehow not in the boosie fade facebook group just search boosie fade the group on facebook and join it because we have discussions like we have on the podcast all the time but we were talking about like i that uh, that album and that album is a toronto classic like that album is a classic Mm -hmm. to me and um you know there's a really great song on it called see you in hell it's the final song and jazz kind of discusses his rise the falling out with get home safe like everything is really broken down in this song Mm -hmm. and if you were around in the city at the time, it's 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 kind of surreal to listen to the song because it's like he's mentioning incidents, like stuff that you remember happening. Mm. So it's really trippy. But overall, it was just a really interesting project. Like he, Jazz really proved himself to be a really like, a skilled rapper, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, sneakily clever. Yeah, lots of different flows. A lot of different flows. He
1: kind of does some stuff that's almost like someone like a a Danny Brown-esque flow and then next song he might kind of be more
0: in sort of that Travis Scott like hype pocket. Mm -hmm. He could also do like a slow like sort of romantic song Mm -hmm. in in a way that feels genuine. Mm -hmm. So he's like proven, proven himself to be a really versatile rapper mm-hmm. and on top of that like i remember going to jet ja- one of jazz's first shows it's probably his fourth show ever mm-hmm. it was for canadian music week cmw it was at the garrison which is a music venue in toronto and he was one of the best performers i've ever seen and one of the best rappers one of the best rap performers i've ever seen like he's mm-hmm. like climbing on shit he's rapping every word mm-hmm. he's like He's stage diving. He's walking on people's hands. He's like doing all kinds of like crazy shit. Yeah. And just a really committed performance. Mm-hmm. So I remember the thinking at the time was like that he was on a real superstar trajectory. Like, th- this is going to be the first guy who's like a not OVO affiliated guy who actually breaks out of Toronto and becomes an international superstar. Mm-hmm. So after that project comes out, he, he, uh, does start to tour, mm-hmm. and because he's such a great performer, he's like starting to win fans over in all these different cities that he's touring in. Um, a little bit down the line, puts out his next project, which is uh, Hotel Paranoia, mm-hmm. um, and the song this this project has a few kind of breakout singles uh, that do relatively well. He has Red Alert, which. Mm-hmm. I heard the other day for the first time in a while, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is like a banger!" Mm. Like this song, and he has a really amazing video f- for it that's shot uh, with like a 360 camera, and it just looks really great, like mm-hmm. really innovative. Um, but the rest of the record kind of leaves something wanting. Mm-hmm. It felt it felt dark and maybe a little lifeless in points. Yeah. Um, and but but. Despite this, like Jazz just tours extensively. Mm-hmm. Through, he opens for Post Malone on his U.S. tour. Yeah, um, He travels through, does Europe. He's now been through a, a few times. When I was living in Amsterdam, I actually went to see him. Mm-hmm. And it was, I mean, a, a typically amazing performance. Like he was climbing, like his his core strength is really otherworldly. <laughs> like to see him climbing on the things that he climbs on and just like.
1: It's like an American Gladiators <laughs> kind of. <laughs> basically, yeah.
0: basically. Um so yeah, he he tours a lot, and like I've been seeing him say in some of the interviews that he's done uh, in the lead up to this album, he talks about how he was on tour for a year and a half straight. Mm-hmm. So it's really like putting in the work. And I mean, I, I've talked to some people about this before, but there's not many rappers that can perform somewhere in, fr- in front of an audience as an opener where people don't know their the words mm-hmm. and win fans over. Yeah, but jazz is totally one of them. Like you. I for a while, you could go to his Twitter and see him retweet people that, that had seen him at a festival. Mm-hmm. They were like, "I didn't know who you were before, but I'm a i am I love you now." Like people yeah. just like really like that was like one of his like his his like big powerful skills was yeah. that his ability to make new fans. Mm-hmm. So when he would go on these tours, it really really would pay off for him. So throughout this, there's like a lot of lead up, a lot of anticipation about what his next project's going to be. He's really, he'd released some Lucy's like, uh, l- like over the last l- little while. There's a song called Guns N' Roses that he released that was pretty good, not on the album. But the album finally dropped last week, forever. Mm-hmm. So James, tell me what you think of this album.
1: Um, it's an interesting record to me. Um, it was very interesting listening to it uh, in comparison to the Prime Boys record uh, because they represent sort of in my opinion, two two kind of fundamental ways you can approach making an album and making rap music in general, uh, wherein especially in uh, 2018 or kind of of the last this the models of the last five years, um, <clears throat> wherein you have uh, on the the Prime Boys half like these rappers who are um, basically uh, making music for sort of the streets. Uh, rapping about sort of street motifs and the like pursuit of money and has like um, a real sort of uh, classic street rap appeal Uh, but it isn't uh, really as an album like necessarily something that is like very conceptual whereas the jazz record to me is very conceptual he's definitely trying to uh, sort of provide a narrative and and sort of take you to different places in his like uh, artistic range and um, it's like something that probably rewards uh, repeated listens uh, rather than being something that's just like a as surface level pleasing I think um, I mean again you kind of it's, it's actually kind of a, a good um, follow up to his first record because it does have that same kind of range uh, that that he has on it. I mean, the one thing I will say is that I do... He's he's worked for a long time with this producer, Lance, and I was kind of hoping that he might have branched out a little bit more on this record. Uh, uh, some of the beats don't feel as... They feel a little dated to me. Just in terms of where rap has gone sonically in the last year, two years, this record feels a little bit lagging in parts to me there. Uh, like jazz's energy is infectious as always, and again, he has like a nice range of different ways that he raps, uh, including there's like one song that I noticed is kind of sounds like the nonstop flow uh, that Drake has that uh, that came out before nonstop did, which I thought was kind of interesting. Hmm. Um, I
0: mean, yeah. I, th- I think it's, it's it's worth noting that uh, Lance produced a few songs on this album, but there's also a lot of other producers like Wonder Girl. Uh, Ryan Ryan Hemsworth those mm-hmm. people that are involved but Lance is a, a he's a part of like on the credits he's listed as studio personnel so it seems like he's probably playing like maybe like a 40 type role yeah, for Drake exactly. where he and you, and I feel like you can hear it in the production because it, mm-hmm. it does sound like it sounds like the sonic landscape we've heard jazz on over these last few years mm-hmm. and um, you know I, I really like jazz as a rapper I think mm-hmm. that he's He's really clever. He's really good. He's got a way with words. Mm-hmm. I think that he is also good conceptually with song concepts. Yeah, he's good at writing to a concept much more so than a lot of his peers. Mm-hmm. Um, I do agree with you, and I do think that this the sound is not is it just doesn't. Say, he, I think he needs to move on from the sound. Mm-hmm. Like he would benefit from having more adventurous production at this point. Like yeah. I, I'm I'm sure that they are thinking that this is like kind of like this is the jazz Cartier sound. But I think that the sound, like that, this is the jazz Cartier sound of a few years ago, yeah. and we should move on to a new one.
1: I, and I think that's a bit limiting for someone like him, who uh, clearly has the talent to try lots of different things. And even within the record, there are uh, a bunch of different palettes. In a way, um, like I mean, he has this sort of like uh, tempted, uh, like True. P- pseudo Drake dance hall thing that was like. Kind of happening. Mm -hmm. I think that song recently went platinum too. Attempted
0: a Canadian platinum. Oh, nice. Yeah,
1: congratulations. (laughs) Still nice. I mean, honestly, uh, I don't know. This hopefully has come through, uh, but I feel like jazz is someone for both of us, probably even more so for Jordan because he actually has, like, a personal connection with Jazz that we're rooting for so hard. Like, if Jazz was as successful as Drake, I would be much happier about it. Not that Drake is the worst thing, and obviously we've talked a lot about Drake, and we like Drake, Mm -hmm. but, like, Jazz is just... He's, like, someone who... It's just so easy to root for, yeah. and so easy to want him to see him have like the most success.
0: I mean, I guess I guess I should full disclosure this. <laughs> I mean, I've mentioned earlier that I've met him before a few times, but we also have also appeared on a panel with him, and yeah, we just kind of know each other socially. Yeah, um, yeah, and I think you know this album. I mean, I think Godflower is a really great song. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It's
1: that's a, that. Yeah, I think that's the best song on the record, in my opinion.
0: Um, I even like "Sex machina not, not <laughs> just because it's one of the best song titles of the year. Yes, absolutely. But I think it's just—it's just. I think there's a, there's a lot of uh, it just shows it plays the jazz's strengths, you yeah, know, like for sure. He has a lot of he has a lot of lines that that you kind of like you you think like did he just say that and you just smirk, yeah. you know? Yeah. He's, he's, he'll put a smirk on your face. So, I mean, ultimately, I think this is a pretty good album. Mm-hmm. Is it the album that Jazz needed to break out as a superstar? Yeah, internationally and in America. In Amer- No, it's not. Yeah. Like, I think that he's always going to be able to make fans. He's always going to be able to tour because he's a great performer. And
1: he's cemented himself as a legend in Toronto. He's
0: absolutely a Toronto legend, Toronto rap legend. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if this is going to be the album that gets him to the next level, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate because that's what – I feel like that's what – the whole city, and I feel like honestly, I've talked to a lot of people in in the music industry and outside of the music industry about jazz and his trajectory, mm-hmm. and it seemed like everyone was kind of a little bit at a loss of like where he was going to go, like how to see, see his way forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to a show that he curated for Red Bull last year, which was headlined by Tory Lanes and featured uh, Come Down, Killy, uh, some other Toronto Smoke Dog was there, mm-hmm. some other Toronto rappers. Smoke Dog performed, and At the end of the concert, there's this really great moment um, where Tori was playing Diego, Mm. which is a Titanic jam. (laughs) And uh, let me tell you, the song is Diego by Tori Lanes is fucking huge in Europe. Wow. Amsterdam and London lose their motherfucking minds for this song. Like, uh, he played this festival in Amsterdam called Encore Festival, Mm. a hip hop festival. And... It was the year before I got there, but two of my close friends were telling me about it. They said that he played Diego like six times. (laughs) Wow. Because people just wanted to hear it again. That's amazing. (laughs) Um, But anyway, so at the end of the show, Tori's doing Diego, and Jazz kind of brings out all of the rappers on the bill. So like Ram Riddles, Killy, like all these people come out, Mm. and... uh, as the beat drops, people start like the rapper start stage diving, and it just felt like a really huge Toronto unity moment. Yeah, you know, um, we've always talked about having the modern northern touch, and it somehow still hasn't happened. But yeah. this felt like whatever the the visual equivalent of that song would be. Yeah, and I remember t- a few days later, you and I were doing a screening of the Carter documentary, the Little Wayne documentary, and Jazz came through mm-hmm. and. I talked to Jazz about it and I was like, oh, that was a really cool moment. And he was like, yeah. He's like, you know, like we need it. Like the city, we're making a lot of noise in the world right now. But Mm -hmm. the reason that the rest of the world's music scenes like in LA and in New York and in Atlanta, they're not really worried about us is because the city he knows that we're divided. They know that we're divided. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have any unity. We're not like building each other. We're building ourselves. Yeah. So, and it's, he's like, so he's like, I, and I want to like help us build each other. Yeah. And I thought that was a really, really smart thing to say. And mm-hmm. it's very typical of jazz to say something really, to be that insightful and say something that I haven't heard somebody else say. Mm-hmm. And it made me think of him in another position Mm -hmm. like early on in Killy's career jazz Mm -hmm. was like playing his music on his instagram stories like he was helping he was playing the kylie general of like (laughs) helping people like hear this music of this artist they may not know and kind of and then jazz brought Killy out when he jazz was performing in vancouver Mm -hmm. so he was like really kind of putting him in in front of a lot of people early on his career and i think it definitely helped his trajectory Mm -hmm. and i think that for me i feel like this is like I mean, obviously, I want Jazz to keep rapping. I hope he he continues to rap and continues to try and exp- expand his sound. But I already see like another role for him as being sort of this like Toronto rap like wrangler f- M- forefather ambassador, kind of ambassador almost like the role that Cardinal plays now. Cardinal Fischel plays, mm-hmm. but a, a much younger version, a much more connected to the, to the to the scene, to the community version. Yeah, and. I mean, I'm also hoping that his next his next album that he like he does more features. Like, yeah, you know, like, I
1: was just gonna say like I think probably one of the biggest problems that this record has, and I don't and I don't mean like even artistically or for like as a listener depending on your taste, uh, but just for his career, like that he made the choice to not have any features, and in particular to not have any like American rapper features, because just on like a, on a career level. You gotta like reach out to the different regions, especially in 2018. You need to have a, a song with an Atlanta rapper. There's a, the rap is moving so fast right now, and it's easy enough to find like someone in almost every market who is just on the way up at any given time. If the person that you want in June uh, isn't available, the person like the it's because he's already blown up. Because you wanted him in May, you know? like mm-hmm. there's just so many rappers who are so much more accessible than they were uh, even ten years ago in terms of like the just being able to network through like social media and everything. And it is just a necessary thing unless you are Jay-Z, unless you are Kendrick Lamar.
0: unless you're J. Cole,
1: unless you're Jay Cole, like and have and you're at that point, and I understand, you know, kind of wanting to be like one of those rappers but like at the same time a lot of those rappers got up there by being being featured on other people's work and when you feature people then you build a relationship with them and then you get featured on their work and it expands your awareness you expands your network opens you up to working with other producers. You might get featured on someone's record of it with a new producer who you've never heard of who six months later is has a number one hit. That's just how the record industry works.
0: I mean, and not to mention that Jazz already has all these connections. He's He's gone on tour with Post Malone. He's mm-hmm. done work with Joey Badass. Like, there's, yeah. pe- there's people that he knows in the industry. Also, a weird note that I... I uh, at some point last year, it was announced that Jazz signed to Capitol Records in the United States. Mm-hmm. And... It doesn't seem... I don't know what's going on with that, but yeah. it doesn't seem... They haven't posted anything about him on their ins, this album on their Instagram. Yeah. Um. So it doesn't seem... I don't know if that's still going on or what the situation is with that. Yeah. But I think that one of the benefits of signing to a Capitol Records is that they have the money to throw around so that you could have these big-name features. And they
1: have people in their la- on their roster already that
0: they will want to put you with. Like Katy Perry, perhaps. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But it's like... I don't know. It's It seems like there are... There are things behind the scenes, and maybe conceptually, in terms of how they're thinking of these albums, and strategically, mm-hmm. that were are kind of lacking here that also hurt the record and yeah. hurt jazz.
1: Yeah, like, I mean, I like, again, I get it. You know, he is such a strong rapper, but at the same time, you know, there is a is a whole world out there of rappers. I'd love to hear him on the same song with. I would be so excited to hear him on the same song as, like, I don't know. Uh, whether he wants to be on his like more boom bappy side and someone like Isaiah Rashad, Mm. or if he was going to be on the more like getting hype side with like a Playboy Cardi or someone like that, it would be so dope. And I know that he would sound great with them. Mm
0: -hmm. All right, we're at the end of the episode. And at the end of every episode, as you know, we like to recommend four songs. We usually choose three from the artists we discuss, plus a wild card that we've been listening to. Uh, But before we get into that, we just want to thank all of our listeners and supporters. We're seeing all the Instagram stories, tags. We appreciate that. Keep doing that. That's spreading the word about the podcast. Let them know where they can get it. iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Podbean, all the other places people listen to podcasts. Probably some places that they don't, too. I don't even know how the (laughs) fuck that works, but it's a thing that's happening. So, yes, if you haven't rated or reviewed our podcast, please do that. It helps us rise in the rankings. Yeah. And uh, tell a friend. Tell an enemy. Yeah. Tell a family member. Tell a stranger. Tell a stranger. Um, So let's get into these songs. Uh, I think we're going to do one old jazz song, one old Jimmy Johnson song, Jimmy Prime song or Mm. Prime Boy song, and then one new one for both, and then our wild card. So... My old jazz song, I mentioned it earlier, it's Red Alert. I think it's one of jazz's clear uh, breakout hits. Um, I mean, alongside like New Religion, which is another jazz like classic single. But Red Alert is a a standout from his Hotel Pernod project and is a fun song to hear in a club. I'll tell you that much. Uh, The new jazz song I'm going to choose is Godflower. If you want to talk, you've heard us talk a lot about what jazz is good at musically. And I feel like this song really encapsulates it and really enumerates it. It's just a really well-written song. It's clever. It's It's got emotion to it. It's got depth and insight. And um, it's a fun track. Uh, Jimmy, old Jimmy song that I'm going to choose is Northside. This is like one of my favorite Toronto uh, rap songs ever, I would say. It's got a really fun video where he's... Hanging out of an apartment building window and pouring a bottle of Siroc down onto the camera, um, which I mean, Change come on, it. that sells itself.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> the new Prime Boys song that I'm going to recommend is a song "Touchdown." Uh, I listened to when I listened to the album last week and this week, I like I immediately added the song to my Best of 2018 playlist. I really think it is. For me, like the platonic ideal of what this Prime Boys record should sound like and does sound like in 2018, so mm-hmm. those are my songs. What do you got, James? Um, oh, I actually forgot my my wild card. Yeah, my wild card is by a, a rapper from my homeland. Well, my parents' homeland and by virtue of mine. Mm-hmm. Nigeria, mm-hmm. it is Burna Boy's PH City vibration. Ooh. This song is fucking incredible. I like I think I've been sleeping on Burna Boy. I only gave him like a cursory listen earlier this year. Mm-hmm. But a friend of ours, uh, Steven Biryani, mm-hmm. I saw he was listening to it on Spotify earlier this week, and I was like, Oh, let me like, dig into this album. And I just I listened to the song maybe three hundred times like mm-hmm. in the last week. Mm-hmm. It's just it's it's got it's got a good it's got a good narrative arc, it's got it's got dancey vibes, it's really smart, it's it's just worth it's worth listening to. So these are all gonna be on our playlist. Uh, the catch-up playlist on Spotify, and maybe Apple Music, if we can ever figure that out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, so Jordan already kind of covered the, the older songs from uh, each of the artists that we talked about. So if, I'm just going to talk about the uh, songs I liked off the new records. For me, the Prime Boys, uh, Tinted, is, you know, it's all, I mean, the whole record's strong, and that was just one of the songs I remember particularly liking. Uh, and then Off Forever, uh, Before It's Too Late, uh, which is like a, just very solid rapping, uh, from Jazz. Uh, and then my wild card, um, I'm going to go with, uh, Switch by Black, aka Six uh, who, uh, you may have heard his, uh, prior single, Problems, uh, it's just a—it's a great bouncy summer kind of R and B pop rap thing. Go listen to it.
0: And if you're living in Toronto, we want to mention this very special event we're doing soon in a few weeks in in August. Um, if you're listening just the year that it comes out, <laughs> but uh, so we're doing it a tribute to rap music in the year 2012 and songs that were big in 2012. It's yeah. called 2012 a rap odyssey and a little bit of the years around them. Yeah, a little bit of 2010, a little bit of 2011, maybe a little bit of 2013. Yeah. No more than that. Though. Yeah, We're Just cutting it off at 23. You 23, know.
1: 23. We we I th- something that will, will become very apparent in the uh, weeks coming in the podcast is that I I think we feel like the era 2012 especially and before in this decade is distinctly different than the rest of the decade. And uh, we want to kind of pay tribute to that because uh, music shifted at some point. A lot of that music doesn't get played as much as it maybe should. So, uh, yeah,
0: please come out. It's at Handlebar, which is in Toronto's Kensington Market. So pull up. All right.